Georgia with a blitz. Trask going to the end zone. Pitch. Touchdown. My goodness. Tyson Campbell was trying to stay with a big fella, but too much. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Pitts added to the new-look Falcons offense. We'll see uh, what's doing there. I know a lot of people jumping on Pitts offensive rookie of the year. I'm not one of them, but uh, a lot of people expecting him to break the mold there because the, the trend has been for a very long time in this league that year one tight ends don't expect too much. Uh, could be a different situation with the Atlanta Falcons this season. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, this is BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, let's uh, bring in Odyssey Fantasy Football Insider, Josh Norris. Insider Calls presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights these sports books don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Josh on the Underdog Football Show live on YouTube Monday through Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. How you doing, Josh? I am wonderful, guys. We have preseason football tonight. I missed it so much last year. Not to overreact, but we do learn a lot of things, especially about these rookies that you guys were talking about. So really excited for tonight and especially Saturday. I think we have like 10 games on Saturday, yep. so there's going to be a lot to digest this weekend. Yeah, we've got uh, NFL, fo NFL football sort of uh, over the next four consecutive days. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, do you bet preseason or do you do anything uh, on the DFS front? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Actually, an <laughs> underdog tonight. Okay. We, we have uh, we have pick them. So we have over unders based on, you know, uh, either fantasy points or, or yardage totals for quarterbacks, running backs and wide receivers. Uh, so I'll definitely have some sweat on those those pick em games tonight. And then on Saturday, there's going to be a ton of them. So maybe you guys can check it out, too. Josh, how much do you allow what you see in the preseason to affect the rankings you already have fantasy wise? Your thoughts on these players, you kind of have a feel for the player, especially a rookie coming into the league, how they might be used. So you, you have your base. How much will you allow what you see with your eyes to affect that in preseason? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I, I do think our eyes can lie to us, but most importantly, it's it's about the usage and, and who they're running with. Like, I mentioned and opened the show by saying that last year we didn't have any preseason games. Just imagine the differences in the fantasy football season. If we knew that James Robinson was, you know, the, the secured starter with the Jacksonville Jaguars, because he ended up being undrafted or a final round pick in a lot of fantasy drafts. And those people that got him had a locked in running back one top 16 running back each and every week. So I really look at it from a, a rookie standpoint. And if kind of, the, the, the rumblings, the drumbeat of what we heard in training camps just continue on through throughout these these preseason games. I do get a little wary of like that one singular play. I think you guys can probably remember back to like Amir Abdullah's rookie year. We had like a 60 yard run and we all freaked out and then his career peaked at that moment. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really invested, especially in these rookie running backs to see how often they're running, what they do look like and then if they're leaving with the starters. Okay, let, let's go there with the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I You do a great job with the draft, and you, I know you do so much uh, prep trying to figure out uh, projections from college uh, to the National Football League. Offensive Rookie of the Year, obviously Trevor Lawrence is your favorite at plus 270 over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Second favorite, Fields. Third favorite, Lance. Then we've got Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, 10 to one, uh, where should we look for offensive rookie of the year? And is there any value on the board? 
I think there is. And I think it's the last name that you mentioned, to be honest with you. And, and Mac Jones, this is a guy who was just dragged through the mud during the draft process because people just presumed he was going to be the number three overall selection. But when you zoom out and look at what this team is and what they want to be based on their offseason moves, I think that they want to be as close to as possible as the Cleveland Browns from last season. You know, a top three, top five offensive line, lead the NFL in 12 personnel, two tight end sets. And so when you have Mac Jones, who certainly is not the athlete of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson, um, you have someone, though, who, I mean, as stereotypical as this is, just understands where to go with the football after the ball is snapped and make really, really sound decisions. And I understand that right now the narrative is that Cam Newton is the locked-in starter for this team. It would not shock me at all in these next three preseason games if we see Mac Jones go out there and just immediately look better. I'm the biggest Cam Newton fan ever, but it's over. I truly think it's over based on what we saw last season, based on they could not create any rhythm. Everything had to be manufactured. And so, again, it wouldn't be shocking at all. Maybe even starts tonight with Mac Jones just looking like a better passer to the point that they – you know, can't deny it and are forced to start Mac Jones early on this season. Yeah, and reportedly uh, Mac Jones going to get a lot of snaps tonight. So it seems like Bill Belichick wants to see what he has there with his rookie quarterback. Josh, Trey Lance is an interesting one. I I just feel like whatever quarterback is playing for Kyle Shanahan is going to play well. That's kind of the way it works. And we don't know when he's going to play, though. Plus 600 on Trey Lance. We're trying to figure out, should I take a flyer now, thinking he might get in early in the season? Or wait, because if Garoppolo starts the season, you figure those odds are going to start dropping on Lance because, well, he's not playing, and the other guys maybe are playing. Your thoughts on Trey Lance and and how much and and when do you think he's going to play? Because that affects uh, how we bet him. Yeah, let me paint a narrative for you, and you can buy into it or not and tell me if I'm stupid, okay? But when you trade up that much and you select a quarterback at number three overall, this idea of a quarterback competition, the word competition does not exist because at some point the transition is, is inevitable. Like when, cause there, there's a long view here. When Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch think about their team, they're not thinking about the future of their team with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They think about it with Trey Lance at quarterback. And if there's like one area of the field, and I think Kyle Shanahan is an awesome play caller, but one that he can improve on it's in the red zone and inside the 10-yard line. What Trey Lance offers in that area can rekindle some of that magic that Kyle was able to put on the field with with RG3 during his rookie year and just unlock so many multiple elements of this 49ers offense. I mean, we know that every team is searching for a Debo Samuel-like clone who can be super powerful with the ball in his hands and create manufactured touches behind it. Brandon Ayuk is bound to make a massive leap forward. George Kittle only has five touchdowns as a career high in any given season. And Trey Lance, if the accuracy shows during these first three weeks of the season, he also offers that added defensive element that the defense has to account for in terms of running the football too. And he's a power runner. So I I truly believe that Trey Lance starts 17 games this season. And we're going to see that creep up more and more, I think, as the preseason rolls along. No doubt. You're getting agreement uh, both sides over here. We've talked about that on the show. If the plan is he's going to play this year, why not do it as, as early as possible? Make sure he's ready for the postseason. That's the expectation 
over in San Francisco with Odyssey NFL uh, ins- Fantasy Insider. We've got Josh Norris with us on BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio here. What about on the defensive rookie of the year? Micah Parsons is the favorite, so he, he's going to get pumped up. They're featuring him already on one episode of Hard Knocks. He's plus 550 over at FanDuel Sportsbook. What are you looking for? As uh, as far as defensive rookie of the year, are there any names that you think are going to be put in a position to contribute from day one that stand out? Yeah, I've got a great one for you. And it was better back in May when this guy was drafted in round one at plus 1400. But Jamin Davis, I know he's still like plus 900 right now, uh, just makes so much sense. It's an athletic run and chase linebacker. And it feels like so much unless you know, there's one rookie that goes out there and makes a ton of interceptions or is in the spotlight games all the time. That kind of is a counting stats trophy and award and Jamin Davis running behind potentially the best front four in among defensive lines in the NFL. And look, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, Marty Herney, who's like the co-general manager there. They have a history of young linebackers doing great things. Luke Keekley, John Beeson, Thomas Davis, Jamin Davis probably in their eyes is is among that type of player and one to me that is just going to rack up a ton of counting stats who can, you know, get in the backfield and add up tackles for loss as well. So I love that spot. Liked it more at plus 1400, but I'd still like it at plus 900 too. Josh, to circle back to offense, feels like the last couple of years there's been a receiver drafted beyond the first round that pops, that makes in a, you know, makes a real impact. McLaurin, it comes to mind a couple of years ago for Washington. We know there were some big-time first-round receivers this year with Waddle, Devontae Smith, uh, Jamar Chase, obviously. But if you go past those guys, maybe late first round into the second or beyond, who's on your radar, both fantasy-wise and obviously if they have a big year, you know there might be some value there for offensive rookie of the year. Who, who stands out as maybe uh, not the top guys at wide receiver rookies, but guys you think yep. could break out really quickly? Here's a bold prediction for you. I believe that Terrace Marshall Jr. of the Panthers will lead that team's wide receivers and touchdowns this season. Uh, look, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, they've never been, you know, touchdown specialists. I think they combined for seven touchdowns last season. Terrace Marshall is a player that when the Panthers looked at their roster this offseason, said we need more size in the area. So they go and actually spend a good amount of money on Darren Arnold, who I think is going to have an impact in that tight end pseudo tight end role. And then Terrace Marshall has a history with Joe Brady. I mean, he scored 13 freaking touchdowns to go along with Jamar chase, to go along with Justin Jefferson just a few years ago when Joe Brady was calling that passing offense. And there has been nothing but positivity coming from Terrace Marshall during this, uh, this training camp. So if he earns that number three job immediately, that number three wide receiver job is more important in Joe Brady's offense than the number one tight end. I mean, Curtis Samuel went over a thousand total scrimmage yards last season. I'm not saying that they're the similar players, but I do think Terrace Marshall has a massive role to play this year. Josh, who's the player, or if you want to give a couple, that's fine too, that you can't stop drafting in fantasy? Will Fuller. If I say this every year. <laughs> give an IR spot. It, <laughs> nah, hey, don't be that guy. Sorry. Uh, it, wor- it worked out last year. No, it worked out last year, though. He, he was the wide receiver eight and fantasy points per game last season. And I understand he missed a few games towards the end of the year. He'll miss, you know, the first game of this season and he hasn't practiced. But as soon as he was signed onto the Miami Dolphins, uh, he enters that team as their best offensive player. Like that is inarguable. And 
look, people are a little bit concerned and maybe pigeonhole as Will Fuller as just like a downfield vertical player. Mm-hmm. I would request that you go back and watch him last season when he had his career low in terms of average depth of target. He was catching more and more passes towards than closer to the line of scrimmage and screens and short passes and intermediate. And he was fantastic. And so getting a guy with all of that element to his game at wide receiver 43 right now, and it continues to drop more and more each day. Look, that's your wide receiver four on your team, maybe even wide receiver five. If you load it up on the position, we talk about underdog is best ball. So we get to pick your spiked weeks, your optimal lineups each week. I think he's going to demolish that value. And he and Jalen Waddle can be an awesome combination down there with Tua in Miami. Josh, you leave me right to Tua. It's almost a rite of passage. We got to ask all our football guests what they think of Tua. I'm out on Tua. I, I don't see it. Year two, some better reports uh, early in, in training camp. Obviously, a, a, an extra year removed from the surgery he had on his hip. Where are you on Tua as he heads into year two of his career? Yeah, I, I'm behind the public right now who have him as, as quarterback 18. I'm right around quarterback 21 with with Tua. And I just view him as a distributor, which is great. And now he has, you know, really good pass catching weapons, like I just mentioned, with with Waddle and Fuller and maybe Gasicki and Parker can continue to give you stuff. But I think a major element of that too is offensive line play. And we're just going to get the same exact offensive line that that we got last year. And sure, there were moments where, you know, he was forced to make a play and and he did it. But I, I just don't view him among that elite tier that can consistently turn nothing in into something. I do love how they handled him though last year. I mean, it was so differently than what we've seen from, you know, top 10 draft picks at the position where when he was over his head, they pulled him out and then they just started him the next game basically. And that happened on two occasions last year, but I'm not buying into every single element of this offense in miles Gaskin, who's going as a top 30 running back in Mike Kosicki, who's also going as a top 10 tight end, which is absolutely ludicrous. But just give me Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, and I'll go about my merry way. <laughs> Josh, earlier we were talking about alternate win totals, which uh, hit a whole lot more than people realize. Any team can go over or under that uh, really stands out that you think is a good uh, opportunity for an alternate win total? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm scrolling them right now. Um, yeah, I, can, can we go under on the Saints? Oh, yes. They're, they're we're, we're all we're all over the under nine. Yeah, yeah. Look, if Michael Thomas was in the fold and healthy, this this would be a different conversation than I'm having you with you right now because I, I believe in this offensive line. It's a top three to five unit, and that matters. I I believe in Sean Payton, but the more I think about it, the more I think that this offense is just going to struggle with Jameis Winston out there because. I mean, heck, the last time he started all these games, he threw 30 interceptions throwing to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like, that's incredible. Uh, and now he'd be throwing to Marquez Calloway and, and Traquan Smith. So part of me believes that Sean Payton is also nervous. And if things start slowly, and even if from the start, I, I think he goes with Taysom Hill because he believes he can manufacture offense, and it's on him. It's, Henry, it's his responsibility to get it going with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. And I also believe that, so they've lost some defensive pieces, especially a corner that could really set this team back. Odyssey Fantasy Football Insider Josh Norris. Thank you, Josh. Can't wait to talk during the season. Cool. See you guys. Insider Calls presented by BetQL. BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. You can also hear Josh on the Underdog Football Show live on YouTube Monday through Thursday at 1230 p.m. Eastern Time. Lightning bets are next. I have way too many. Go over them next and get the model play of the day. But QL Daily 
presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 